What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest Sahil Makija on the line today, the founder of Headbangers Kitchen. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Robert. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so anybody that hasn't seen you know, your, your recipes, your YouTube videos, just kind of give like, the audience a brief overview of of who you are? Well, I am Sahil Makija. I am, well, better known today for my keto recipes on YouTube. Uh, I have a show called Headbangers Kitchen, which basically is me cooking up keto recipes. And then once in a while, I do random vlogs and uh, experiments in the keto spectrum on myself and make videos about it. That's <laughs> a, a very, very fast growing space as well right now. Yes, it is definitely. So, what what got you in? I mean, what got you into this in the beginning? Because you also, I mean, you've got a pretty, pretty cool uh, skill set. I mean, you're you're also a, uh, you know, a heavy heavy rock, heavy metal rock uh, singer, guitarist, everything, right? Yeah. So my story is a rather well a long one <laughs> since it all goes back to when I started uh, wanting to be a musician. It all sort of stemmed from there. Uh, but just about Headbangers Kitchen, I actually started uh, the show as a heavy metal cooking show. Uh, it was one of the many ways to promote my band, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which has kind of been my main focus in life since I was 16 years old, uh, wanting to be a death metal musician, writing albums and touring the world as my full time, uh, you know, sort of thing. And uh, being from India, it's not very easy to do that. And uh, in 2010, my band did uh, its first music video. And that was the time when YouTube was actually starting to get really popular in India because we had better internet connections and, you know, broadband was uh, a thing that existed then. Like before that, we were all on dial-up modems where you couldn't stream anything properly. So uh, I was watching a lot of cooking videos on YouTube because I used to post like a couple of recipes now and then on uh, on my Facebook page because I'm in general a food lover and I like cooking my own food. So I got inspired to kind of do a couple of cooking videos. Like I used to watch this channel called the Barbecue Pit Boys. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them, mm -hmm. but they're these gents living somewhere in America and they barbecue uh, stuff all the time and uh, they make really crazy creations. They had this one video I remember where they, uh, barbecued three whole hogs yeah <laughs> I remember that that was like I was just in awe because in India you don't really do that kind of barbecue here it's not part of the cuisine so for me that was like oh my god and then there was also this uh, show called epic meal time mm -hmm. which uh, it's this bunch of Canadian guys who just make the most outrageous larger than life dishes and then they proceed to try and eat it <laughs> so kind of so like a food challenge so it well, it's basically like a viral food channel. So they are literally about being as obnoxious with food as they can. So they will do like a 400 pound, well, 400 pounds is a little stretching it, but like they would do like a five foot tall burger or a you know 40 inch pizza. Or they did one episode, which is what that really inspired me was where they took I think a turkey and they stuffed the turkey with a duck and a pigeon and a chicken and some other <laughs> stuff and then they and then they took the turkey and they stuffed it in a pig and then they wrapped the pig in bacon so <laughs> it's, it's hardcore these, 
Yeah, it's hardcore. Like so, a lot of this. I I was watching a lot of these videos. I'm like, you know, I want to do something. Like, I I should film my videos and put them up. So I asked the director of uh, my music video. I said, look, do you want to do something on YouTube? Like, let's just try and put something together. I I I'm doing recipes. The people are liking them, and so he we sat down, we brainstormed a little bit, and we came up with Headbangers Kitchen, which was me cooking a dish that would be named after a heavy metal band. who i would interview on the show and then they would end the show by tasting the dish named after them ah so it was a nice long format yeah and we started doing this uh, and i did this literally for almost 5 years you know that, but uh, and, and yeah. did you like so i want to even rewind a little bit before that so like you were yeah. you know you got into to heavy metal at 16 you wanted to make that your 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 passion your forte and then yeah. you had a skill and an interest in cooking so you kind of just over the years found a way to intertwine those to be kind of symbiotic and mutually beneficial basically yeah it kind of it was one before the other yeah so i mean if i have to go even further back i actually food comes first you know <laughs> yeah it's i grew up obviously around good food i cooked as a child because my grandfather used to cook and i just enjoyed making my own food I had the option of taking a hobby class in my schooling years and I had taken cooking uh, which was a rare thing in those days so I I took cooking for that and I at one point wanted to be a chef this was probably when I was 12 or 13 years old and then what what made you want to get into like the heavy metal yeah so then after this desire to be a chef I kind of suddenly got into computers a lot because at that time I got my first computer We just got the internet. I I I thought I was a cool hacking dude, <laughs> and I wanted to get into computer engineering because I had a cousin who basically did computer engineering. He settled in America. He had a good, high-paying job. I thought, okay, that's that's a good career path to follow, and that was all well and good till I discovered my love for heavy metal music. And uh, after my school got over, uh, me and my friends decided to. form a band as such and uh, so we all started learning an instrument each and from that moment i kind of just got so in love with the music that it literally consumed me and everything else that i wanted to do in life just took a back seat and i was like this is what i want to do with my life <laughs> and then you wanted to to be like a touring band yeah. and then so so what where's that at now like what what's uh, what's the status of the band now Well so the band is 18 years and counting now. <laughs> That's uh, awesome man. Five five albums under our belt, one EP. Um I've done countless side projects over the years. I had a comedy rock band, I had another death metal band, and I also do stuff under my solo project which is I'm now in doing my third solo album. Uh but you know it's that industry is is very very difficult you know and uh, unfortunately i haven't been able to make it a living yet so it's still the it's the dream that i'm trying to uh, what's the right word to make come true uh, mm-hmm. or to bring to fruition so to speak 18 years though man like so many people give up on their dreams after the first 6 months and you've been battling out for 18 years <laughs> that's that's admirable for sure thanks <laughs> So so, so yeah. the cool thing about that, I mean like I was just watching some of your YouTube videos before the call here and so you've got your your cooking and then like in the background you've got like heavy metal going on which is it's cool man it's unique I like your style Thanks What um 
what what what's going on now like with regards to the the headbangers kitchen and like the band and the kitchen itself like are you going to continue to intertwine those and kind of use it from like a like a marketing perspective and like ideally like if if the stars align and everything happened the way you'd want it to happen what do you see what, what would you prefer well um so as i was telling you i actually started this i started headbangers kitchen as another way to promote my band because literally like i said i i did everything in my life geared towards making my band my career which included uh you know all the other day jobs that i had over the years because obviously like i said you can't sustain yourself being a death metal band in in india and you know even in the in the global space it's not the easiest of things to do you know mm-hmm. and you even if you look at the biggest death metal band in the world right now they're probably making as little or as much money as probably some of the more relatively obscure pop artists are making even you know mm-hmm. so it, it can only get so big so anyway fast forward headbangers kitchen was my medium of promoting the band because i thought you know i'm doing this show there are there are bands that i'm going to interview their fans will watch it because they want to see their favorite band interviewed they might look at me and go hey this guy's got a band too let me check it out you know so i mean I, of course don't get me wrong i did love cooking i enjoyed interviewing bands i enjoyed the process so i did it for 5 years and it really didn't go anywhere beyond the few thousand subscribers that i was able to get and you know every video got maybe 4 5000 views barring one or two videos which were of extremely popular bands you know what so, what uh, i'm i'm curious um cuz i don't know like i listen to some heavy metal but i don't know the industry that well why do you think it's yeah. such like a um it's almost kind of like a like a like a cool cult version almost basically like, <laughs> why do you think it's it's kind of slow to to grow past a certain amount Well I mean if you're talking about metal in general it's just uh, I guess it is something that is extreme you know yeah um the sound is extreme it's um it's not something that everyone can sort of get into easily it's not um you have to almost like develop a taste for it it's like a lot of i would say exotic foods you know not everyone has the palate for it it's something you kind of develop a taste for so uh you know especially when you when you um listen to metal i mean obviously if you go back and listen to metallica iron maiden judas priest in comparison to what we call extreme metal today that is very palatable because now you know i mean i mean even my parents used to tell me when they were growing up like led zeppelin was heavy at that time you know yeah yeah quite it, quite it a stark contrast Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what people were used to. It was not something that was easily digestible right on the off the bat, you know. Same with Black Sabbath. Uh, you know, people called it the devil's music and what is this heavy distortion you're playing with? And it's the same with metal, you know. We now the the singing has gotten more extreme, you know. There's we call it growling. <laughs> so it sounds literally like animalistic almost. And you know, the drums have gotten heavier. There's double bass and the guitar distortion has become a little more crazy so it's i guess the, as a sound it's not accessible and for a lot of people music is just entertainment or it's something they listen to in the background or whatever it is and they they don't want to make the effort to go beyond and discover you know the nuances of it and and make that effort into it it's like the same probably with with movies with sitcoms with books you know there's the stuff that's easy reading easy watching which is palatable and made for everyone and then there's the stuff that takes effort to get into 
you know you have to develop a taste for it like i'm sure in the movie space there are all these underground arty movies that normal people would never watch they'd be like what is this nonsense you're watching you know so this this is interesting i, I like i like this aspect of it what what do you think drew you to heavy metal as opposed to like you know another genre um i think for me it, it's it's a lot to do with the individuality of it and uh, the fact that it's something that you get and i mean there's a lot of layers to it i feel like obviously when you start out at a young age with metal a lot of it is it's a great stress reliever you know mm-hmm. and when you're a teenager you're awkward it's a weird time for most kids they're insecure you feel uh, confused in life you you may be depressed a lot of things every every kid is different and metal kind of gives you that identity while at the same time you feel like an individual you know you're not you're not the the factory produced pop listening kid you know you you're a kid who's got individuality you're your own person you have your own taste but at the same time there are other people like you who are a little weird who are a little different you know so it's it's i think it's that community vibe that kind of keeps you then then of course when you're 36 like i'm going to be now it's it's not that teenage angst that latches onto the music it's just the fact that it's like your lifestyle your passion it's something you like the sound of it's something that is uh your part of your being actually absolutely and that's i mean that, that could kind of be like carried over into like the keto community in a sense too i mean like yeah. all these like sub niches you know like you you there's like the the support behind that community is just so you know fierce in like good way like people you know want to promote it want to be the best they can be for everybody it's it's just it's just pretty cool it's motivating in itself Yeah absolutely I mean like I I went on a holiday in bank uh, to Bangkok and there was a kid in in waiting in line for his uh, uh, railway ticket I think like for the subway and he saw me in my black metal t-shirt and I saw him in his black metal t-shirt and he just looked at me and he like you know did the horns up from like far away and I was like yeah <laughs> like you know you can tell a metal head when you see one and you kind of have that unspoken thing like yeah you know you cool buddy <laughs> <laughs> I love it man so wh- what is what is the what is the horns up like kind of describe the meaning of that Yeah so this is a very very big bone of contention for me with Headbangers Kitchen so um the story behind it is actually uh, Ronnie James Dio who uh, is a legendary metal singer and he sang with Black Sabbath once upon a time he started this gesture of horns up which basically he got from his Italian mother which is technically a symbol to ward off the devil <laughs> Really Yes so uh, that is where it originally comes from so it in in our community it is a sign of approval when you like a band you know like you know some people will put the peace up sign some people will put the thumbs up when you like something the metal heads put the horns up I like it man I like it it's, that's a lot better than putting the middle finger up Yeah exactly you know <laughs> so that, that's exactly what it is it's just hey man we appreciate the song that's going on so you'll raise your horns in the air and you'll you know you'll move your hand in a swaying motion with the music and it's just part of the music and you know when you see another metal head you like flash the horns to him and he'll flash the horns to you he or she and you know that you know what we're we're bros man we're like metal heads <laughs> I love it man sense of community that's there's a lot lot to be said for that i mean having having some sense of belonging camaraderie with people of similar interest i mean that's that's power right there Yeah and and the, so when i say i have a bone of contention with this the funny thing is that the now like headbanger's kitchen being keto and all is very universal so it attracts a rather 
wide audience that is beyond metal listeners, you know. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I get a lot of, I would think, middle-aged Christian ladies <laughs> from America specifically who get very flustered by the horns up, you know. Like, really? Yeah, I get actual messages like, oh, you need to stop doing that. That's the sign of the devil. And, you know, you need Jesus in your life. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. So it's funny that that's the exact opposite of what it originated from. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And obviously, you know, like stereotypes, you know, people think, oh, metalhead, it's the devil's music. or And, and that's happened. That, that has been a big thing in the United States, you know. Uh, metal had a lot of flack from and and of course i'm not going to deny that you know there's some metal that talks about the devil and satan and i think most of it is from a fic- fictional standpoint rather than a, a realistic standpoint you know mm-hmm. now this this but is yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty ignorant towards the whole you know metal music issue so this this is good for me i'm, I'm becoming enlightened right now yeah like there are books written about this stuff i mean we could go on for like hours and hours about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely gonna dive deep into it man i see you get like on your website uh you've got like a little uh you know side menu there with some of your music i'm gonna be rocking out to that yeah so i i you know like i said I, even though i don't do headbangers kitchen as a heavy metal show where i interview bands now i i felt like i just couldn't separate the music completely like i, I do get comments from people saying hey what is that demonic whispering in the background what is that louder noisy music you are playing put it off and and, you know, I, I've had to kind of adjust it a little bit. You know, obviously, I, I can't remove it. But, like, I learned over time, okay, maybe keep the volume at this level so that it's not, you know, sort of distracting from the voice or use uh, music of mine without the singing over it so it doesn't distract from speaking. So I, I kind of found a balance with it. And I think now I'm at a place where I'm happy with the balance of the music and the, the food part of the show. Yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's your style for sure. So, like... People are you, you can't ever make everybody happy. Like people are gonna want you to do something, yeah. and then somebody else is gonna make you want to do the exact opposite. Like you got to do you to a to an extent. You know, you got to make you got to make what you feel is right. Absolutely. So, with regard to keto, are you are you like how long have you been doing keto? So I started keto, I think, late two thousand fifteen. What was your so it's been about two years. Okay, so well. I was fat yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's a really funny story. So I was fat. I was at my heaviest. I was about 84 kilos, which I think is about 170 pounds approximately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I lost about 12 kilos just doing calorie counting. And I was quite sorted with myself, but, but then I stopped calorie counting as most people do. And I started to, you know, get a little careless with my eating and I started putting on weight again. And at that point, when I reached about 76 kilos, which is about 145, 150, I said, okay, I need to do something. Now, I had a band member in one of my other bands, Comedy Rock Bands Workshop, who was about 140 kilos. And he went on the keto diet. And uh, he, again, this is the point where keto was not anywhere on YouTube. There was nothing about keto on YouTube at that point. And nobody was talking about keto. But he got this diet from some dietitian. And he didn't really understand the science behind it. And I don't think the dietitian had explained it to him. Because most people, when they go to a dietitian for a plan, they don't really care how the plan works. They just want a plan and mm-hmm. want to know what to eat. So he had got his plan and he was eating 
no carbs, high fat. And I was a skeptic at that point. I was like, dude, you are going to get a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, bro. You know, uh, I'm not sure exactly what, but basically it's not going to happen. I'm, I'll be just fine. And lo and behold, he lost about 30 to 40 kilos. I was like, oh, dude, that's insane. But I was still not convinced. I was like, dude, something is, is amiss somewhere. I'm pretty sure something's going to go wrong at some point. You know, maybe go test your blood or something. He said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll do all that. Now, my wife uh, also was had put on some weight and she wanted to lose weight. And she hates exercising just as much as I do. So both of us don't really like exercising at all. Uh-huh. So she saw his results and she was like, this is something I can do because I don't have to exercise. And if I can lose weight, I'm doing it. But she's not the kind to blindly follow something. She turned the internet upside down doing research, figured the whole diet out, why it works, how it works, what are the long-term effects, short-term, whatever research was available, she had read through it. And she started the diet. Mind you, I was still not convinced. I told her, look, I'm still, I don't think so. But you want to do it? I'm, I'm here to support you. So she started doing it. And within three months, she had lost 10 kilos. And I was like, okay. She explained the science to me properly. I said, okay, you know what? Maybe you guys are onto something. I should just shut up and try this. And I started doing keto. And I haven't looked back since. And that was in 2015? Yeah, 2015, December, I started doing keto. And that's also when I put out my first keto recipe video as well, the cauliflower pizza. The cauliflower pizza. So that's, I mean, so you've been doing it for a pretty good while now, like three, two, two years, two and a half years? Yeah, yeah, a little bit over two years, yeah. So what, um, like you've been strict keto that whole time, you haven't like gone eating a whole bunch of carbs? Oh, no, no, no. So yeah, so... If you look at the keto YouTube community, I am the worst of the lot. <laughs> like uh, I have the worst willpower and 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 dedication, to be honest. <laughs> hey, you, you're you're doing it right the majority of the time, though, which is the main thing. Yeah, so I I did keto for three months, um, and then I had I think I lost about twelve kilos, and I was like super stoked. I was like, yeah, this is it. And so that's the thing when when most people do keto for weight loss, we all come there with this kind of I have a goal in mind of what my weight will be. Mm-hmm. And then once I've reached that, I've kind of reached a point where I can eat what I want. That's what I think most people's mindset is actually when they're doing keto for weight loss, especially if they're food lovers like I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. But then I, I don't know. I, I kind of at that point, I went vegan for two weeks as well. And uh, I vlogged about it on the channel. And then I kind of came back to keto then i went on a holiday and went off keto for two weeks and i came back to keto again and again somewhere else i took a holiday. so basically every time i took a holiday i went off keto did you feel pretty poorly so i unfortunately or fortunately i don't actually you know and that's been my thing is like i actually i i know a lot of people feel weird after they after they cheat on keto or when they go back to carbs but for me personally i can't say i've had a any like bad experience like yeah maybe i get a little sleepy after lunch which i don't get on keto and you know maybe maybe my energy is a little bit wearing but i don't feel bad like i don't feel like oh my god like i'm feeling like terrible i need to get back to my uh, medication or something you know mm-hmm. that's good that's but good you i yeah but i would say i've i've largely been on keto like more or less <laughs> so what um like what what goes behind the scenes with regard to like 
deciding to start a YouTube cooking channel. Like I know you're doing it to promote your brand, and I know you love cooking, so it seemed like a pretty like a hand in hand, pretty good combination. But like, what? Yeah. Like how how that process work for you? Like, did you just grab a camera and jump in the kitchen and start firing up the grill and going to work, or how that transition? <laughs> yeah. So like I said, when I started out the show in the old format, I had spoken to the the friend of mine who recorded my band's music video. So he was a he's a director, and he had a little. He had just started up his uh, video production company because he's an independent filmmaker and he likes making indie movies and things like that. So he liked the idea. He said, "Okay, we'll do the filming. You do the cooking." And we basically shot one episode a month for I think about nearly a year. And after that, you know, we tried to monetize it we, because for him, obviously, it's his full time job making, you know, uh, videos mm-hmm. and uh, doing this pro bono was not really working out in the long term because it's it is the good amount of time and money goes into it. So he kind of said, look, we'll try and, you know, see if we can pitch it to some companies, etc, etc. But of course, being heavy metal related, getting any mainstream sort of support is not likely to happen. So he said, look, I can't do it anymore. I said, OK. Uh, then for the next three years, I kind of tried to get money together and have a production team sort of work with me. And at the same time, I kind of invested in a camera, some lights and things like that, just to kind of make the show happen. And and keep in mind at this point, I'm doing it monthly, once a month. I'm not doing any more than that. And the growth is, like I said, it was not really happening. So finally... Um, I think 2015, when I was just about, I think, four or five months before I started keto, I said, look, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore because it it was a bit of a production. You know, I would uh, shoot it in my living room. I would move furniture around. I would bring a gas stove out from the kitchen, move a gas cylinder, set up the lights. And I was like, look, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to shoot in my kitchen with my like I'm going to shoot by myself, one camera and, you know, I'll shoot when I feel like shooting. And this is not keto stuff. This was just normal recipes. And I did that for six months and I was just chilling. Like I was happy. This is my format. Doesn't matter if the channel grows or not. This I'm doing purely for personal satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And then in December, when I started doing the keto recipes, suddenly there was a spike in the channel growth. And I was actually signed up with one of those MNCs or MCNs, whatever they're called, who optimize your YouTube channel. And I severed my ties with them the starting of 2016 and uh, my channel suddenly shot up. Like I, I, I'll, I'll even give you the figures. Like I was, I earned $132 in five years. So, yeah. <laughs> so you can see there was no rewards of, or any payback from doing whatever I was doing. But the moment I left that company, the next month I earned $100. So for me, I was like, holy hell, from from $132 in five years, in one month, I've suddenly got $100. Like, you know, this is now it's worth doing. Like, And it's not like I want the money, but it's like I'm seeing growth. Suddenly there was growth in the channel, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the coolest thing, man. Like, I, I took a screenshot of my bank account when my first YouTube check <laughs> landed. It was like 110 bucks. And that was because, like with YouTube, you have to hit that hundred dollar threshold, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it took me, I don't know, like two two years, I think, to get that. But like so many countless hours of editing and filming with hardly anybody seeing it, 
and it's like this why do people even do this you know so it's cool like that yeah. first check is like the coolest feeling ever yeah and i think people may think of it oh it's money it's not money it's the views actually mm-hmm. it's not the money it's like you put in so many hours you're like okay you know today maybe there are 100 subscribers but at least 4 5 months down the line i should be growing from here but if it's the same you that's what brings you down it's not the paycheck you know yeah you definitely don't do youtube for the money yeah i mean if you make money that's fantastic like uh you know it's great but it's not the reason you do youtube and like i said then it started growing and i was like people are watching people are enjoying it that makes me want to do more you know mhm so what and what so made I you just yeah kept, what happened then so after that the channel it just started organically growing and if you actually go back to 2015 and see the videos on my channel you will see uh there was that point where the keto recipes stop the vegan blogs start then the keto recipes come back for a bit then again the non keto recipes come back for a bit and then from there on i went back to keto and then i stayed on keto because then i started getting feedback oh this recipe is great but it's not keto but you know what i could do this 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 and make it keto hey when you going to do the next keto recipe you know hopefully you'll do more keto and then when the demand started coming and i was like yeah just do keto recipes now like that's what people want to watch you know yeah yeah so that's pretty much all you do now is the keto recipes yeah i mean i do the uh, so i i've kind of finally settled on a format where i do two keto recipes a week monday and wednesdays and on friday is just do what you want sahil <laughs> yeah i like it. i like it so of all the this is a loaded question but of all the recipes you've made so far what's your favorite mm. one hmm oh man that's a tough one <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a tough one i've got about 150 plus recipes on my channel and uh, the funny thing is when you cook so much you don't actually get to eat the same food like more than a couple of times mm-hmm. so but i would say um uh, maybe my pork fried rice i think i like that the best pork fried rice is that keto is that a keto one or not yeah yeah keto? it's keto so when i say rice i mean cauliflower rice so what's the uh, what's the the basis of that recipe so it's it's just a very basic creamy cheesy fried rice it's it's put some garlic in a pan cook your cauliflower rice with some butter throw in some minced pork cook it out you know put in some cheese some cream some italian herbs your kind of stuff you know and you can you can switch it around to whatever flavors you like but it's just a very basic simple you know one pot kind of meal i like uh, the cool thing about about your recipes is like you know you're in india so like you you bring an indian yeah. twist to a lot of the foods um and i love trying you know different different nationalities foods cuz everything is so unique um so like i went to your youtube and like the first one is a recipe made with lamb testicles you know you're not going to get that in most oh, of the american yeah. recipes <laughs> yeah 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 so that was the, that was i i love that that's actually my gra- grandmother's recipe so yeah i that's one of the things i really enjoy eating but again like i said you know since i'm constantly working on new recipes i i don't get to eat everything like too many times in a row cuz i have to like wait for a m- period when i'm not cooking other recipes and i can like say okay you know now i'll go back and make that recipe and eat it today Yeah, for sure. Do you have like a like I do I do a little cooking thing once a week, but it's not near yeah. the the scale that, that yours is, but I find that I pretty much eat the same thing all week and then on that one day I'll I'll make something unique for that recipe. But do you eat the pretty much consistently the same stuff during the week? No, man. My eating schedule is just there is no 
and i think that's why keto works for me in a way is that even when you are not eating the same food you and you are probably binging a little bit here and there and doing all sorts of weird things you kind of stay on track because you're not putting on weight you know mm-hmm. it's uh, it it's kind of it works for me yeah but i'm literally eating something different for every single meal that i have that's good i mean that, like, that is the beauty of keto you can eat pretty intuitively like that yeah and for me mostly it's because i'm constantly developing new recipes because i guess that's my job now <laughs> so yeah so so what what's the what's the workflow like like i love listening and hearing about people's uh, you know processes like so i spent you know some time with keto connect and they have a you know popular keto cooking channel so i saw how they work they worked how, how does your workflow exist like what is your from the, the time you find a recipe that inspires you and you want to make it into a keto version or you want to kind of add your own twist like what what does that whole process look like yeah so unlike keto connect i have no real process in place i am like i'm literally like wake up and I decide okay what am i going to do today what's lying in the house what can i make how many recipes do i have in my recipe bank you know so i just to give you an example now i'm doing salad week currently on headbanger's kitchen so uh that's basically four salad recipes started last week uh, mm-hmm. monday wednesday monday wednesday so i managed to shoot three of the recipes before i went to bangkok for a holiday and i shot one of the recipes when i came back and that means now i've got recipes sorted out till next monday so yesterday i tried two or three different things in the kitchen none of them work so worked so i abandoned them uh i bought some kale home <laughs> because i was going to use it in my salad but i made kale chips out of it which my wife said are so delicious you should make a separate recipe for it so I didn't use that in the recipe. I just changed the recipe around a little bit and suddenly I've got a schedule where sometime this week I need to make kale chips which will become one of the future recipes. So, you know, it's literally as I go along I make it up. Sometimes I plan in advance and it really depends on my my how I feel when I wake up. Like today I woke up I was supposed to film the kale chips in the afternoon because that's the only time I can film in my house. Mhm. But I woke up and I studio practice guitar came up. I was like, I don't feel like recording kale chips, so I recorded a Q and A video instead. And now tomorrow I'm able to record the kale chips. <laughs> so just kind of like winging it as you go, which which is good. You know, you you doing your own thing. You can make your own schedule based off of how you're feeling. Yeah, so I, I'm a little bit haphazard, but like I tried to put a few things in place. So at least now I know Monday, Wednesday recipe day. So I have to make sure that I've at least filmed and kept something ready for that day. That's my. <laughs> sort of solid workflow block at least what does uh like as far as like the the video production for youtube i mean are you doing it all solo still or do you have like a, a team now no nah, i'm still doing everything solo so how does your um this always fascinates me too but like with the youtubers so like you you set up your kitchen you film your recipe what happens next no so i i basically i have one camera I take it into my kitchen. I put it in front of my cutting board on my stove, and I just start cooking. And once I'm done cooking, I'll set it up in front of my face, and I will do my intro, my outro, taste the food. You know, do the making of. Uh, I, I'll talk about. I'll basically read out, not read out, but I'll sort of say out all the steps in the recipe, and then I'll put it into my editing software, and I'll sync all the. uh cooking visuals to my sort of spoken word of the recipe and i'll just edit it down to like a 7 or 8 minute video 
and uh, sometimes if my dad is at home or if my wife's at home i'll get them to come and taste the dish with me as well you know i love so, it so that's yeah pretty much it it's very it's a very very simple thing and i think that's like when i you know started doing the recipes and i said i'll do them at my own pace and my own convenience i think that's what like was good for me is that there's no production involved there's no crazy like planning nothing like i don't even go to the extent of like you know chopping everything and putting them in little bowls and i'm like just do it as i as i would do a normal cooking session that's the beauty of it man like with with youtube you know people want to see just you being you in a natural environment so like kind of going at your own pace and just winging it and having more personality because of that it just uh, it yeah. makes it more enjoyable to watch absolutely you got to have your own uh, stamp on your your thing and it's funny because, like, people from the outside looking in, they, they don't, like, if you don't do YouTube videos, it's kind of hard to, like, know what happens behind the scenes. Whereas, like, now, for me, I'm always, like, watching the content and, like, trying to figure out where the camera placement is, what the lighting's doing, and kind of just figuring out how people are making the video. And yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because it's not near as fancy as people think. I mean, it's oftentimes just, you know, throwing a camera up and, you know, just... <laughs> spewing words and kind of syncing it all up later yeah absolutely and you got to make sure that you are comfortable in front of the camera and so many times you'll be like oh shit i should have said this when i was on camera and i didn't say it and i didn't word it as perfectly as i would have liked but you've just gonna kind of go with the flow and say okay you know what that was that that moment and like let it be absolutely absolutely so what uh do, do you see yourself doing much um like with the keto community like do you see yourself integrating more with that and doing uh, you know, just keep doing the recipes or what's kind of your plan there? Yeah, so like I said, as of now, I've been for the last, um, you know, whatever, the last one and a half years, been pretty much keto on the channel. I mean, the thing is, I, because I also have the option of sort of vlogging and doing things, I do that from time to time. So whoever's watching me, they're also kind of tuned into my life. Like, they know when I'm doing keto. They know when I've gone off keto. They know how much weight I've gained when I've gone <laughs> off keto. <laughs> You know, and and it's it's a unique way of working. You know, like if you were just doing a cooking show, you'd only people wouldn't get to know you. They just see your recipes, see you tasting it, pass, but they don't know if you're on keto, off keto, what you're doing with your life. And I think that's uh, the other thing which people watch my channel for. Is they like to see what he's doing. And maybe for a lot of people who are you know like me, like not always strict keto, they fall off the wagon plenty. It's kind of like okay, you know, we it's there's other people out there who who are like that, you know. We're yeah. not alone. Yeah, for but sure. But going sure. ahead, yeah. Yeah, but going ahead for me, I mean, it's, like I said, I think I've found a bit of a format now. So the Monday, Wednesdays of doing recipe videos with the Friday of kind of a keto vlog of some sort or any kind of vlog. And I think for me now, I'm going to be on keto till the next, uh, you know, sort of break in my life comes in the way, I guess, you know. And again, I will tell people that, look, this is what's happening. But I think the recipes are going to be constant. I think that is something I don't want to change. Even if I were to say take a break and go off keto. Like I'm going to the UK in May to tour with my band uh, for like, you know, 10 days. And I'll probably stay back in the UK for another 10 days just to, you know, chill mm -hmm. out. And there's a good chance I may not have the time to film videos. Or I may not have time to, you know, plan ahead with recipes. And I may go off keto. But I will sort of be there with people like this is what's going on you know this is what's happening but here are the recipe videos you know that you can still watch and you know not miss out on if you're doing keto because i think my audience is still largely guys there for the keto cooking yeah for sure what what uh 
Oh, I'm curious, man. What with regards to like keto cooking and kind of like the techniques you use with that, what are some good? Um, I don't know. I guess just substitutes. Like a lot of people are trying to always, especially when they first go on the diet, they have all these carbohydrate-based foods that they're wanting to, you know, substitute yeah. for with keto replacements. Um, so what what what's kind of like your go-to for somebody that's just you know new to the diet and just wants to kind of make some stuff in the kitchen but doesn't really know where to start? Yeah. So I, I think I mean like when you're starting keto, I, I still tell people I think stick to the very basic stuff. You know, the meat, the vegetables. Um, the the soups the stews the salads you know the things that are easy like get into the carb replacement stuff like you know the keto breads with almond flour coconut flour the tortillas with you know flax seed or whatever like I, I I like to tell people get into that a little later when you start craving it you know because mm-hmm. even me like even honestly like personally when I'm cooking and I do eat stuff I I very rarely actually eat a keto bread or uh, you know, like, uh, I, I, I don't get the other stuff here, but like keto bread is something I don't really care to make for my personal eating, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm okay with my cauliflower rice and my uh, lettuce cups and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of funny, like all the stuff that people start, you know, craving. I think honestly, a lot of it's just when they first start the diet too, they just, like I said, want those replacements. But like now, having been in ketosis as long as I have, like, I don't, I don't crave the breads or anything anymore, so I don't naturally gravitate towards the keto bread substitutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's people more who are used to eating it and they just want to feel that, look, I'm having that toast with my eggs or I'm having, you know, those miracle noodles. I feel like I'm having pasta. I and do eat my miracle noodles. Have, <laughs> yeah. And, and if people want that, I generally say, look, just make zoodles out of zucchini and then make rice out of cauliflower. And that is like the perfect substitute actually yeah i agree for sure for sure um this this is cool man i'm I'm excited for it i I like i really appreciate that you're bringing your own style to the table i mean most people wouldn't think of combining you know heavy heavy death metal with (laughs) you know cooking but uh you're doing it it's working man i love it thanks man very cool exciting stuff so where where can people go like if they want to check out your music uh check out your cooking like where, where people go to find out more about you all right, so the easiest place to go to is headbangerskitchen.com because I finally have my website up and running. <laughs> By the way, I checked the and website out, and the website looks super clean, man. You did a good job on it. Thank you. I have to uh, credit a lot of inspiration to Keto Connect. <laughs> they they definitely uh, inspired me quite a bit and helped me out a hell of a lot with the website. Like, we're just telling me what they did and sort of saying, you know, you can do this, this, this with your website. And uh, very, very helpful uh, and very, very friendly folks. <laughs> very much so. They're the best for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, the website, headbangerskitchen.com for all the cooking-related stuff. Uh, for the music, if you just look for my band, Demonic Resurrection, on YouTube, or if you just Google it, there's only one Demonic Resurrection in the world. <laughs> you can find it. And if you want to find any of my solo music, you can just look for Demon Stealer. That's one word, Demon Stealer. All right, I got one more quick personal question for you here. Of all your songs that you've made, um, yeah, which I mean, this would be kind of like picking between your kids, probably. But but <laughs> give, give me like the background story on like one particular song that that means a lot to you. Oh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if there's a if there's a singular track that I can sort of narrow down. But I would say if if I have to pick one of those. 
things that are closest to me i would say my second solo album called uh, this burden is mine mm-hmm. i would say that is sort of my most pure emotional outburst in musical form very cool this this burden is mine it's your second album it's my second solo album yes and is that on the website as well you will yes it's 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 in the spotify playlist as well yeah Okay, perfect. I'll I'll uh I'll tune into that one when I'm training today at the gym and I'll see if uh that gets me fired up. It should. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, Sahil, man, it's been a pleasure. I've uh, I've learned a ton about, you know, music and cooking at the same time, which is which is a pretty cool combination. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's definitely keep in touch, man, and uh I'll, for sure. I'll link out to to all those those sites there so hopefully I can drive some traffic your way in get you some exposure because you're doing some cool things and the more people that know about it and see about you you know the better thank you so much i really appreciate it and i will do the same <laughs> absolutely sir well until next time man take care buddy